are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The message tonight was birthed about three weeks ago on a Saturday night right below me, right down here. I've been told that Charles Spurgeon in his auditorium over there in London, every time he'd preach would have 500 men underneath the pulpit in a room praying for the preaching of the Word of God. I wonder how much of that ministry was fueled by those men of God. You know, I can recall Brother Sam Fanera, I just saw you. I can recall the day your dad got saved and you who got saved here and your brother-in-law who got saved here were under the old platform, the old building, praying that they'd both, both, both your dads would get saved. And that was a happy day when they trusted Christ at that invitation that day. Oh, happy day. I owe so much to the prayers of God's people, my wife and I do. I can recall at her dad's church, his, her, his wife, uh, 45 years of age, had just passed away, left eight kids at home. And uh, he passed that same church 57 years. And he, when I went on staff there about 1971, he said, we have prayer meeting, Jack, every morning at 5 a.m. in the old building. 5 a.m., once a week I thought would be great, but he said six days a week. I can recall going to prayer meeting and then afterwards we'd go to Sam's restaurant and I think it was for 89 cents. You got two eggs and hash browns and pancakes and coffee, it was great. But we'd come to prayer meeting. I'd pray with Steve Baker. He pastors in the East Coast tonight. And I'd, I'd pray often with Steve. And I can recall at times that I'd, I'd be kneeling and praying, and Steve, I heard groanings coming out of him. But the groanings were snoring. He was laying flat and snoring away. I thought, oh my goodness, what a hypocrite. What a hypocrite. Could he not watch and pray with me for one hour? The next day, I, I, I said, let, 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 let me have you go first, Steve. Go ahead. And the next thing I knew, I was groaning like he was groaning, snoring. Oh, we'd fall asleep on that, on that tile floor so many times, and we never made it all the time, but we tried to pray together. Downstairs on Saturday night, we have prayer. I think about the old building, and while we're having prayer here, the Spanish on Saturday night's having prayer at the Clyde Avenue property. I think of that Clyde Avenue property, and I've been thinking last night, I mentioned all the men, I didn't mention names, but the men that used to come to prayer that are now on the other side, just like Brother Martinez was saying. Jennifer, I think about your dad. He was a barber there on the base, in the Navy base, Moffett Field. And the base on Monday, barber shops used to be closed in the 70s. And he'd come and he swept the buses out every single Monday for, I guess, probably 15 years or so. Brother Barlow would bring his clippers on Saturday night, set up shop before men's prayer, and you could get a haircut. 
You know, he told me about the many people that he would win to Christ in the barber's shop at Moffett Field. He used to have the old razor. And they'd sharpen that razor. And they said, you know, if you died today, <laughs> would you go to heaven or hell or don't you know? And he said, I want a lot of guys to Christ. <laughs> Jennifer, your mom and dad are both with the Lord, but I'll tell you what, uh, I never wanted people talking to him while he cut my hair. Because he would just start, Brother Manna, he'd just start buzzing it. I mean, he'd just go, he'd be talking about worldwide missions and talking about this and talking about that, and he'd just start buzzing away. I looked hideous, I said, Brother Barlon, look at me, please. We'll have prayer meeting in a few moments. I wanna go to prayer meeting with hair. That's when I had hair. Oh my goodness, I, I love prayer meeting. You know, some nights in prayer meeting over there and some nights down here, it just seems that just a very unusual touch that God sometimes just shows up. And sometimes it's prayer meeting. You know, I, I think sometimes we try to outdo all the time and we just have prayer. And, and when we go to prayer, we don't necessarily at first take prayer requests downstairs. Sometimes if we're not careful to prayer meeting, we talk 30 minutes for prayer and then pray for two. And I said, fellas, just take one thing. Let's go to prayer right now. Something about the day tomorrow. Something about Sunday. And we pray. And I always start on my knees in the front row and listen to the men pray and want to stand and pray. And after a while, I switch my knees around. They get sore. And then I always go like this. And I get on the fours. And I know my wife's going to reprimand me afterwards for saying this. And then I do this every Saturday night. And quite frankly, it feels very comfortable. I'm not trying to sleep. I'm just trying to get comfortable. I hear those men pray. I, I love it. I love hearing the men of God pray. I love it when a man, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God touches him and he's so brokenhearted for something. It may be the bus kids. It may be the bus parents. It may be the bereaved. It may be the missionaries. When we pray downstairs, it's, a, it's 12 o'clock Sunday afternoon in the Philippines at eight o'clock here. It's 12 o'clock noon there. And they're in the invitation. And it's 12 o'clock in Japan. And it's 12 o'clock in Korea. And it's 12 o'clock in Singapore. And oh, I tell you, I'm always thinking about the fact that the preachers have preached and perhaps the invitation is being given and people are coming forward. I wonder how much has been accomplished in this church because men and women and children pray. I don't know who started years ago, but I know the teenagers have a prayer meeting on their own at the school every, every week. There's a sometime, I don't know when, early before school. And it thrilled me some years ago when I found out they've been doing it for years and having prayer meetings. I love the fact this church believes in prayer. We don't pray enough. And I pray that in 2020 we'll pray more. I, I love for all these many years hearing Bill Manley pray. Sits in that second row and I remember the night, we, the day we reached them back in the 70s. And yet he still comes to prayer. I love to hear 
And this last year, our dear buddy Robert Tafoya. Bobby, I remember that day he was born and I remember when you found out there was some complications. You have done such an incredible job raising that 26 year old, 27 year old boy. How you've done that, I just, do you remember when the doctor said if he could tell the curb colors, that's green, that's yellow. And then what he has done, he's so polite. He loves the Lord. Rob, are you here tonight? He's out probably goofing off tonight, but he's here somewhere. Rob, we're so proud of you. Go ahead and stand up, will you? Go ahead and sit down, all right? Thank you, Rob. I love Rob. You know, every Saturday night, he's so appropriate. He doesn't take over prayer meeting, but he prays out loud every Saturday night. Brother Everson, you shake it. I love hearing Robert pray because he's so transparent. He's so real. I got mad. Is it okay, Rob, if I say this? He's like me. Sometimes we, you know, get upset. He'll say, I got mad at mom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love it. God uses him. A man was praying, I think it was three weeks ago. As he's praying, I had already gotten in the position of laying flat. I wasn't doing that to be spiritual. I was doing it to be comfortable. And I was just there listening to him pray. He began to pray, Lord. And I can hear his voice right now. And you, man, if I would try to imitate it, I can't. You could hear it. Lord. We do not belong to this world. We belong to you. And I heard that sweet Indian man begin to pray. Lord, we don't belong to this world. And I wrote down while he was praying, I said, Lord, I gotta write this down. We, I wrote down on a three by five card, it's in my office. We don't belong to this world, we belong to you. I wonder, and I know it's unusual to ask you to do this. Can you take your psalm book and could you turn with me to page 531? I want you to see this song that was written in 1915. Page 531. I can remember singing this song as a boy. Tonight I'm coming to you on this subject. Now I belong to Jesus. In 2020, you do not belong to yourself, and neither do I. We do not belong to this world. We do not belong to our flesh. We do not belong to a job. We do not belong to money. We do not belong to pleasure and play. We belong to Jesus. He has full ownership. And that godly deacon, as he is praying, said, Lord, we belong to Jesus. This thought of this song, Jesus my Lord will love me forever. From him no power of evil can sever. You know the song? Sing it if you know it. He gave his life to rest. Please sing it, thank you. Now I belong to 
sing it please. Now I belong to Jesus. second stanza, will you please? Once I was lost in sin's degradation, Jesus came down to bring me salvation, lifted me up from sorrow and shame. Now this page open for a moment. I'll just keep it for a moment. Do you know, please, uh, we don't belong to this world. This world is not my home. First John chapter two, verse 15, love not the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world, the lusts of the flesh, the pride of life, and all that is not of God, it's of the world. The world is this cosmos. The world is this system. This world's system is totally different than God's system. This world has a different music. It's not heavenly music. It's all earth music. That's why, that's why the rock and roll groups, are, they, they embrace so much cemeteries and death and change and darkness because the music is dark. Oh, but in my heart there rings a melody. The music of the world is not Christ-like. The dress of the world is not Christ-like. God's people stop trying to mirror the world. You know, one of the problems, we want the world so much because maybe, just perhaps, we've never been born again. Many shall say in that day, have we not prophesied in their name cast out demons in thy name, and they'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. I tell you what, when you get saved, business picks up. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's a love for Jesus because he belongs to me and he owns me. What, you're not your own, you've been bought with the price. So what happens when the grace of God moves in? Oh, the world is gonna wanna move out. Look at that last stanza. Joy floods my soul. For Jesus has saved me, freed me from sin. Then why would we want to go back into sin? He's freed me from sin that long had enslaved me, lifted me up. Thank God in his precious blood he gave to redeem. Now I belong to him. I belong to him. I don't belong to this world. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. No, I don't belong to this world. 
This world is just temporary. If you're not careful, you'll watch the news and that news will just depress you. I don't know how you can watch the news. I'm not saying you're a bad Christian. I'm just saying I don't know how you could do it. I'm not a good enough Christian. I get mad. So I don't watch the news. It just bothers me. It ticks me off. I wonder if they're telling the truth. But maybe one reason I don't like it so much is because I, I don't want all of the world's environment. I, I want more about Jesus, what I know. More of his grace to others show. I want more about him. I hope it's not less, less about Jesus. And tonight, I can remember them praying just a few weeks ago, Lord, we don't belong to this world. We belong to Jesus. I wanna say secondly, not only do we not belong to this world, we do not belong to our flesh. What? Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Your body, you have, no, you have no right and neither do I to determine what we're gonna do with this body. This body has been yielded back to God. He owns us. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans, please. Romans chapter eight. In Romans in chapter number eight, you can choose the world, you can choose the flesh, but I guarantee it, you're gonna come up empty every single time. This world has nothing to offer and we satisfy the lust of the flesh, and in the long run, it has nothing to offer. There's pleasure for a season. But my Bible says, there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the, what's the word? But after the what? We have a choice. I'm gonna walk after the flesh. I'm like, oh, you Baptists, you have all these rules and regulations. No, no, no. When you're a new man in Christ, you want to do everything you can to please him, not yourself. Not the flesh, not the world. The Bible says in verse number four, walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse five, for they that are the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Verse eight, so they that are in the flesh, what's the next four words? Read them together, three words, ready, begin. Cannot please God. You walk, I walk in the flesh, we cannot please God. We leave here tomorrow, we walk after the flesh. We do what we wanna do. We go where we wanna go. We dress like we wanna dress. We drink what we wanna drink. We live like we wanna live. We speak like we wanna speak. And there's no pleasure in the flesh. The, the, the life of the Christian is to please God. We're begging Christians to live for God. I think one reason we're begging them, many know not God. I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation, but if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Verse 12, therefore brethren, we are debtors to live not, not to the flesh, but to live, and, and to live after the flesh. But if he live after the flesh, he shall die. But ye through the spirit do mortify, you deaden, you, you, you like a, a, a dentist deadens you so that you can have a note no, with Novocaine. We mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Turn with me in your Bibles, please. To the book of Galatians in chapter number five, I'll skip over some other scripture I was gonna speak to you about tonight, but Galatians chapter five. In Galatians chapter five, the word of God says, Verse 16, let's read it together. 
Galatians 5, 16, ready, begin. But this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Verse 19, now these are the works of the flesh, are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, that is, there's no restraint, idolatry, witchcraft, which comes from the root word pharmakia, where we get the word pharmacy or drugs, hatred, hatred is you're always challenging others, always have to create a fight, an obstacle, variance, that is, you're always discontent in the assembly, you always wanna have strife, emulations, you love these cliques, wrath, that is explosions, strife, self-seeking, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunken revelings. Verse 24, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. I come to you on behalf of I belong to God, and you do too. Oh, I remember that night so vividly. I've said it so often that you'll say it long after my departure, you'll remember it. I, I just remember standing next to my father, just a single rose, that auditorium wasn't as big as this right here, no, no electricity. I know we were building the building, but I don't think we had electricity for the first year or so, we had lanterns. No one wrote it down, it had to be the fall, the winter of the year, it was dark. We had those little wooden green folding chairs and I sat here. There must have been, I'm gonna guess, 12 or 14 rows or 13 rows or 10 rows, but we sat toward the back. I don't know if my dad was an usher back there or what. I folks didn't like ever sitting in the back, but that's where we were that night. And I sat here, my dad sat next to me and my mother's and those two rebellious sisters of mine, oh, they were rebels, because you know how girls are. My older sister, Judy, a godly lady, she got saved in the backyard of our house in Centerville in an apricot tree. She lives in Tennessee, I was talking to her the other day, I said, Judy, I wonder if that apricot tree is still there. I think she must have got saved about 19, I'm gonna guess 54. I'm guessing. My twin sister, I never knew this, but I was preaching for her husband at his church and she told me a few years ago, Jack, I got saved the same night you did. I said, oh no, I was the only one that went forward. She goes, I got saved at home with mom and dad. I never knew that. We got baptized together. I'm sorry, I didn't, certain I didn't know it, but I didn't know, I couldn't remember. I recall that night, I was just so under such great conviction. I knew, I knew my condition as a little boy. I'm such a sinner. I'd weep over my sin at night by myself in my bed. I, I'd get so mad. I'd get so upset. I had evil thoughts. I wanted to hurt my sisters or hurt somebody. I just, I was just a, I was a naughty boy. I was so full of pride and sin. I knew it. And it tormented me. And I knew I'd die and go to hell. I knew it. 
That was the Holy Spirit of God beginning to convict my heart. And that night, I'll never forget, I was short and small, and my dad was there. I, I know I didn't go forward the first stanza. There was such a war going on in my heart. Sometimes I hear, heard one of the, I heard of one of the invitation songs on the radio of ours this, last week, and I think that's the song we were singing, the invitation, but then I'll hear another one. I think maybe that was the song. I'll never forget the first stanza was finished, and our pastor would always have many stanzas. And about the second stanza, I was just so afraid to walk out. I was so ashamed to tell my dad he knew how wicked my little heart was. I remember, I just, I remember doing this, walking out like this, and just sort of standing there. And it felt like a load was already being lifted. I was exercised in faith. I went forward. I said, Pastor, oh, I want to be saved tonight. And sweet Viva Morningstar, she took the word of God and led me to Christ that night. I wish I could tell you. It grieves me to tell you. I wish I could tell you I've lived a perfect life since then. I wish I could tell you I've been a perfect pastor. I battle this world. I battle this flesh all the time. Paul said of himself, even after salvation, oh, wretched man that I am. It's always a battle. Once again, I faced Satan this morning, and I battled him all the day long. He's an accuser, Revelation 12, of the brethren, and he accuses me, yes, but he accuses me before the throne of grace daily. But I want you to know, when I got saved that night, though I always fail so often, and it seems like I'm always saying, God, I failed here, and please forgive me, I know you have, but God, I wanna be right with you. But I'll tell you what's also taking place, there's someone that lives within me it's the Holy Spirit of God and he is real and he convicts me of sin. I don't want to be wrong with people. I'll toss and turn at night when I know someone's wrong and upset with me and they think, well, he doesn't even like me and it just torments me. I don't want the sun to ever go down on my wrath. I don't want to have an aunt between me and anyone in this church or a family member Oh, may I say that I don't belong to my flesh and I don't belong to this world, but I belong to God. I want to spend some time in closing in 1 Corinthians 6, where we are, what? Knowing not that your body is the temple. I would suggest that we read and that temple in the Old Testament, what a sacred place it was. This is supposed to be sacred. I'm gonna beg you to watch the television, guard the television programming this year. Guard it. I'm gonna ask you to guard the music. I'm gonna ask you to guard the dress. I'm gonna ask you to guard the philosophy of this world. Paul said to the Colossian saints in 
Colossians, Colossians chapter two, verse eight, number eight, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, a sum of ideas. We are, we are, we are thinking in our churches in America that we can look and act like a nightclub and have a spiritual result, and it's not possible. I love the fact that this church has kept songs and hymns and spiritual songs and a hymn book. Learn that notes and learn it because that's what it speaks about in that text, singing, making melody. Melody is harmony. Our God is a God of harmony. It's built up a triad. And learn to sing with heart, sing the harmony. That's why the notes are there. So well, I don't get those notes. Well, let me tell you something. After 44 years, almost every child and junior high and high school and college student does because they've been raised with it. Every year for probably 30 some years, we've had 100 kids taking piano lessons and they take trumpet lessons and violin lessons and all these other instruments and they're in voice groups and they're choirs. What I'm trying to do, learn to sing. This rock and roll is not gonna preserve the church. Somehow we think it's something new, it's not new. Every generation has had to fight compromise. Every generation politically has had to co fight compromise. And every church has had to fight compromise. And I don't know what you think, but I'll tell you what, there used to be, there used to be churches that were open on Sunday. But you'd be hard pressed I don't say this to gloat that we're something and we think we're better than the next, but you'd be hard pressed to find a church on Sunday night in the Silicon Valley, the brain power place of the world. I'd be hard pressed to find a church open that preaches the word. Why are we building these buildings for one hour a week? We ought to fill them and almost have them filled. It is my prayer that we see God do something special this year. What, knowing not that your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. We become aware of the fact that the Holy Ghost lives within us. Much of what we think and do and act and behave and our philosophy would change. Amen. Ye are not your own. Say that together, would you please, church? And ye are not your own. Say it again, please and ye are not your own. You have, no, you have no right to decide, well, I'm gonna do this with my life, or I'm gonna go here this way, I'm gonna get this education with my life. You don't have that right. Doesn't mean that you cannot go get education there, but you ought to find out if that's where God wants you. For you're bought with a price. We are bought with a price. Someone owns us. That one that owns us is the Lord Jesus. Would you turn in your psalm book to 271, please? We sang, now I belong to Jesus. We won't sing this one. i like you to see the words. We don't sing this much in our churches anymore. I belong to the king. I'm a child of his love. I shall dwell in his palace so fair, 
For he tells of its bliss in yon heaven above, and his children its splendor shall share. I belong to the king. I'm a child of his love, and he never forsaketh his own. He will call me someday to his palace above, and I will dwell in his glorified throne. God's going to call us from this tabernacle to this holy place. Seek to mirror down here, Jack. I'm talking to myself in 2020. Seek to mirror what it's going to be like up there in his presence. I have a prayer journal, and I don't read or sing these songs every day. I used to, but I, I do sing them often. I have the words printed. It's page, you don't need to turn there, 119 in your songbook. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. I sing the song on page number 81. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. I sing quite often, young people, the song that's your school song. My life, Lord, is yours to control. I gave you my heart and my soul. I'll seek your will, never mind. Rich treasures to find. I've been singing this week and asked the music fellows to find it for me and they gave me the words. I won't sing it. I'll sing the first line maybe to have you remember what the song is. I want Jesus in my life more than anything this world can offer me for I know that he alone can satisfy. Just to know that he's leading in my heart and life is worth everything that I might sacrifice. Oh, I want Jesus more than anything. Take the fame that I may want and all the things that seem so dear. I'd rather have him than praise that men can give to me. I want him to have control and be the breath of life in me. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have him more than anything. And as I go through life with him, there can be no other way. I want Jesus more than anything. I come to you on 2020. I'm going to ask you to remember what that godly Indian deacon, as he prayed, Lord, we don't belong to this world. We belong to you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.